It's Saturday, September the 26th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, an attack in Paris and a legal lion lying in state. First, the week in brief. Two people were seriously injured in Paris after stabbings that police described as acts of terrorism. Two suspects have been arrested. The attacks took place near the former offices of Charlie Hebdo, a satirical magazine that was the scene of a gruesome Islamist killing spree in 2015. Suspects alleged to have been involved in that incident are currently on trial. A federal judge issued a preliminary injunction blocking the Trump administration's attempt to finish the American census on September 30th, a month before it is scheduled to end on October 31st. Evidence filed this week showed census officials feared an early end could lead to an inaccurate count. Bankers advising Palantir Technologies told investors that shares of the company, which sells programs that gather and organize disparate sets of data, could start trading at $10 each, according to the Wall Street Journal. That would value the company at nearly $22 billion. The firm is scheduled to go public on September 30th using a direct listing rather than an IPO. Ban Dor, a former defence minister who is now a civilian, was sworn in as Mali's new president. He says he will oversee an 18-month transition back to civilian rule. In August, members of the country's armed forces overthrew the government in a military coup. Mali's neighbours imposed sanctions in response. Installing a civilian president was one condition for having them lifted. Alexei Navalny had his assets frozen and flat seized as part of a court order, according to his spokesman. A leading critic of Russia's President Vladimir Putin, Mr Navalny was released from hospital on September 23rd after he was poisoned with Novichok, a family of nerve agents strongly associated with Mr Putin's government. The Kremlin has denied involvement. Reports in several newspapers suggested that President Donald Trump will nominate Amy Coney Barrett as his pick for the Supreme Court seat left vacant by the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg on September 18th. Mr Trump is due to announce his choice on Sunday. A rush to have her confirmed before the presidential election in November looks likely to succeed. After a lifetime of firsts, Ms Ginsburg achieved two more posthumously. She became the first woman and the first Jew to lie in state at the United States Capitol, an honour reserved for the nation's most esteemed citizens. She will be buried at Arlington National Cemetery next week. And correction. Yesterday's edition of Espresso incorrectly stated that the raid in which Breonna Taylor was killed was carried out on a no-knock warrant. In fact, the warrant stated that the officers had to identify themselves, though 11 of 12 witnesses interviewed said that they did not. And now, here's today's agenda. Making her story, Gloria Steinem. Think there aren't enough dramatic interpretations of the famous feminist? Take heart. This year, five actresses have played her. First, Rose Byrne took a turn in Mrs. America, a miniseries released in April and May. The show chronicled the efforts of Ms. Steinem and others in the 1970s to pass the Equal Rights Amendment, a proposed change to the Constitution promising that equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged on account of sex. Now, four more stars portray her in The Glorias, a film debuting online on Wednesday. 
Adapted from her memoir, it stars Ryan Kira Armstrong, Lulu Wilson, Alicia Vikander and Julianne Moore as the feminist icon at different ages. Viewers will see not only Ms Steinem the activist and organiser, but also her childhood and her years as a journalist, including her co-founding of the groundbreaking Ms magazine and the time she went undercover as a Playboy bunny. Back in the CSSR, Milan Kundera honoured. The Czech Republic's most famous living writer, Milan Kundera, has finally been recognised with his home country's highest literary award. This week, the novelist won the Franz Kafka Prize for his extraordinary contribution to Czech culture. Mr Kundera, 91, only regained his Czech citizenship last year after it was revoked in 1979 by the communist government. He relocated to France and lived in exile while his novels were removed from libraries and banned from publication in what was then Czechoslovakia. Popular success and international critical acclaim soon followed the publication of The Book of Laughter and Forgetting, 1979, and The Unbearable Lightness of Being, 1984. His unflinching rebukes of communist dictatorship won him the Jerusalem Prize in 1985. Since regaining his citizenship, Mr Kundera has donated his personal archive to the Moravian Library in his hometown of Brno. A lifelong admirer of Kafka's work, Mr Kundera accepted the $10,000 prize joyfully. Let them eat cake, Ottolenghi at the Met. Marie Antoinette's notorious exclamation is apocryphal. Nonetheless, while French peasants starved, fine foods were an integral aspect of 18th century royal life, and the difference whetted the appetite for revolution. In 2018, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York hired Yotam Ottolenghi, an Israeli-British chef, to curate an exhibition on France's Ancien Régime with a twist. The displays were all edible. A new documentary, Ottolenghi and the Cakes of Versailles, goes behind the scenes as some of the world's top pâtissier race to concoct the exhibitions, including miniature pastry swans and a cocktail whirlpool in just two days. The film also explores how the French aristocracy's very public gluttony both cemented its prestige and contributed to its grisly demise. Yet in the excess lay a certain elegance. As Mr. Ottolenghi remarks, you never knew that anything edible could look so beautiful. Second Season Syndrome, English Football In managing the return from its pandemic-induced pause last season, the Premier League played a blinder. It rearranged and completed every football match scheduled, and clubs and players took new health rules seriously. But three weeks into the 2020-21 season, there are already warning signs that the league is losing its form. The season will be one month shorter than usual, but will still have the usual 38 rounds of matches. To keep pace, the league has imposed stiff rules for clubs hit by positive COVID-19 tests. Matches will be rearranged only if teams have fewer than 14 professionals available. This raises the possibility of clubs fielding less experienced players or forfeiting games, damaging the league's reputation. One manager has already tested positive for COVID-19 and must stay away from his club for 10 days. Various players caught the virus on their holidays. Last year's accolades, so well earned, could be squandered. Rat Packs – Understanding Rodent Behaviour There is no cuter symbol of the scientific method than the lab rat. 
But despite years of sending them into mazes, until now no one has thought to test how a group of rats fares compared with only one. A new paper in Current Biology does just that. Eight thirsty rats were colour-coded and placed into a giant maze with water at one of 16 endpoints. At each turn, the rats had a choice – follow their friends or strike out on their own. Their behaviour was tracked and then modelled with computers, revealing how they made these decisions. The researchers then ran simulations to work out which behaviour was most efficient. Habitual followers and inveterate explorers alike did poorly. The trick was to strike a balance between solo exploration and tailing others. The researchers believe that this approach could have applications in robotics, for instance in automatons sent to scope out labyrinthine mines. Finally, here's the quote of the day from George Santayana, who died on this day in 1952. To understand oneself is the classic form of consolation. To elude oneself is the romantic. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.